On your mark. Get set. World, I give you. Roseanne Barr. Nicole Arbor. Mario Lopez. Mr. Adam Carolla. Brian Callen. You have any um, liberal friends? Oh, yeah. Everybody in my family is liberal. Are you kidding? Yeah. You drive me, but I just, I just, um, I accept what they are. You know, it's like if they didn't have an arm or something, I guess. <laughs> and, and so I just accept and pray for them. And, you know, I, I listen to that their, you know, like when Trump won, it, I had broke my leg, you know, and I was in this hotel in San Francisco. And it was my birthday on November 3rd. So all my family came and they were with me when we had the election, you know, 16. And I told everybody, oh, he's Trump's going to win by 80%. Wow. You know, they're telling me the whole time, there's no way, you know, the whole thing. And my one daughter, she'll be very angry at me, but she's really liberal. And uh, when Trump won, she started crying. I'm not kidding. Tears was running down her, tears were running down her cheeks. And this is what she said. He's going to deport all the gays. <laughs> That's what she said. As a, as a white guy. You get pulled over by cops for a no front license plate and the guy's a douche, but you don't go, oh, it's because I'm white. You go, the cop's a douche, you know, and you, you I do deals all the time where it's like the bank's not going to lend you the money. You got to put up 40%. I'm like, why do I need to put up 40%? I have such a good, the, the rule is, yeah, but I don't go, oh, it's because I just go, those are the rules. Or I have a neighbor who's being unreasonable. And if I was black, I might go, well, that old man's a racist, but I'm white. I go, that old man's just a douche. Right. So my real privilege in being white is not really getting privileges. It's just knowing that the whole world is basically this way. Right. And it's true. That's 100 percent true. And, and, and it's it's almost like the lens of racism um, is, is, is preventing people from being able to accurately assess what's happening. They don't know that that bad exists. People have a bad day. You get a cop, police officer, you could just be having a horrible day. You never know. Maybe he's been up since uh, on the road since 3 a.m. and his boss is coming. Hard. Everybody has a bad day, right? including police officers. We know society is not perfectable. But the left sort of sells black individuals this idea um, that it's like Anything bad that happens to you is because of your skin color, not because of this is a like, you know, just a life. Welcome to life. Condition of life. There are people are people suck. People are mean. People say mean things um, and you can have a bad day. And for some reason, black people have started to adopt this idea that we are special. snow. We are special snowflakes. We are literally society's special snowflakes. Anything that happens bad to us, it is because of systemic oppression, systemic racism. And we're seeing that being perpetuated by people like Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, who have race hustled this society. Do you think comedians are losing their spine a little bit? They're afraid. They're they afraid. are. I'll tell you why. Mm. Unfortunately, I think everybody's really afraid. I've seen this with my own eyes. I've had very powerful people call me and tell me this because the truth is it's very easy to destroy someone's life and take everything away from them, everything they've worked for. Uh, happened to me. And it's happened to a lot of people I know. And it doesn't take any proof. It takes an allegation. It takes a tweet. And, you know, people think when you get fired for a tweet you sent out 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and you were joking around, there is no redemption online. And it's, it's, it's when you have a mortgage and you have children mm. to pay for, you're going to choose that course. You're going to choose to protect your ability 
to keep that roof over your head, your car payments, and your children in school over an ideology. Mm. So what happens is we are living in this time where you're not allowed to speak your mind. You're not allowed to get closer to the truth. You better be on one side or you better be very quiet. And now you can't even be quiet. Now with this notion of critical race theory and stuff, even silence is violence, right? It's just what's going on. There are some very bad ideas out there. Mm. And they're not the ideas that gave us the free society that we have. The only way we move forward is through debate, through the, the exercise of free ideas. And let's see whose idea is best. Yeah, that's why like the words on the internet just don't hurt that much. <laughs> I'm like, I can literally it. log off of Twitter at any moment. And I just yeah. say to myself, it's just incredible to me. Like, it, people had to live through like real stuff, like world wars, great depressions, and like right now, like our great wars. Like, I can't deal with mean world, mean words on the internet. And I'm just like, toughen up. It's true. Turn it off. You know, those people, though, that get mad, that are, like, super woke and stuff, you've never been through shit. That's how I know you've never (laughs) been through real shit. So true. You're mad at words Mm. on the internet or you're mad at an article. And just the hypocrisy, I know you see it, but, like, kids don't do drugs while they have blow in their nose, like Hollywood. Or, like, don't bully while the same celebrities are posting shit on Twitter, tearing down either the president or someone else. Oh, my gosh. It's just all Wait, one day I'm going to actually release, like, the private messages between me and Jamila Jalil or whatever the— Go on. This, like, you know, the actress that was supposed to go on my podcast but then canceled it because I said only women can give birth. I made that mistake of saying— What a baby. —saying the truth on the Internet. I made that mistake. I just cannot learn— how to lie. Yeah, that's true, though. Um, but prior to that, she was, like, messaging me privately on, on Twitter. I'm sorry, just where would it come out on a man? I just don't know what her thoughts are. <laughs> I, I just, I'm trying to picture it, and it hurts. It's it like hurts. squeezing it. It, no, it hurts. Gross. It's not nice to think, yeah, to even think about. Okay. No but, uterus, um, it's weird. This, I mean, the amount of attacks and the nastiness of the things that she said to me, and I, and I actually said to her, I just want to confirm, you're an anti-bullying activist, right? Mm. And she said, well, well, yeah, but I'm just dishing it to you because you dish it to other people. I'm like, oh, oh so you're the vigilante bully. Oh, I get it. it. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you go around and you decide who you're allowed to attack based off of what you decide people, you know, what people you think are, are deserving of those words. Oh, and I'm like, you're it. so hypocritical. You're so, you're so hypocritical. It is interesting to, to see for a party that or a community that's supposed to be all about inclusivity um, and diversity. Um, they're with you unless it's diversity of thought. Right. Or unless right? they want you, you to look remember. different but think the same. Like they're okay if everybody looks different, but, they, but as long as they are in lockstep and they think the same. And I, and I agree with you that I think it, it runs counter to creativity. So mm-hmm. when I grew up, I used to watch all of the stand-up comedians. Right. And uh, Chris Rock, bigger, there was one bigger and blacker. Mm-hmm. It's comedic gold. Right. He's right. so offensive in that. Go back and watch it. He's making fun of school shooters. Like he's yeah. like, there's definitely going to be a white guy. That's a white crime, right? Mm-hmm. And he's in the room and he's mocking people for being white, for being black, for being Hispanic. And everyone's cracking up. And what people miss about this, this culture of being so sensitive, is that when you're able to mock everyone and mock yourself, it actually brings you closer. Yeah, right? that, you stop taking yourself so seriously. In comedians, I'd be the I'd, I'd be so apprehensive of wanting to get into comedy right now because you feel so handcuffed. Right. And now you like the situation with Kevin Hart a while back, and we knew he's going to host the Oscars, and then he, for something he said, and that's another slippery slope when you start going back years. Thank Scary. God, 
my bachelor years and all that was pre-social media. Right? To be done. Oh, my God. Right. I can't even imagine right. all the stuff. So that's a very scary situation. You know, I, I think about, like, future presidents and our future leaders. Um, they're all going to have pictures or, or videos of something not necessarily that's all. Because I, 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 that's just the way kids are now, right? Right. Everything's documented. And there's going to be moments of when you're silly and maybe you weren't so proud of. And that's going to come back to haunt them. And that's just a very slippery slope. They're telling us how we have to think. That's fascism. Right. Of course. I want you to think what you want. I want you to live your life. I don't want to jam my views on you. Don't jam your views on me. I, I don't want to hear that. I, I believe certain things. That's who I am. You'll never change me. You'll never rock me. And stop it. It's not going to work. And I'm not going to try and change you because I know as strongly as I feel, you feel the same way. I might be more informed than you, but back off. Right. And they can't do it. Like no. this girl, this actress that's out there right now boycotting Georgia. <laughs> you can't. People of the people in that state can't think for themselves. No, they can't think for How themselves. How dare you do that? But that's How the narcissism you? that I'm talking I, about, I, right? I, the narcissism is like I am an actress, and therefore I know how everyone must think. And if they don't think like me, I'm going to tr to use my position and my publicity to just shut down everything and their views and their perspective, um, and to boycott and to inspire riots against people. They're okay yeah, with violence. Exactly They're right. okay with intolerance. Exactly They're right. okay with that. Yep. As long as those people are advocating for what they believe. Right, right. You, you don't know me. You don't know more about me than me. Right. We're out of problems. We have a part of our brain that needs to solve problems, fear problems, negotiate with problems. And no problems means not no problems to a lot of people. It means let's create problems synthetically so that we can occupy this part of our brain. And, you know, anyone who's ever studied anybody who was really wealthy um, and oftentimes kept, like if you are wealthy and you are out there earning money every day and you're running a business, then those are your problems. But if you take that person's husband or wife or whoever the part of the couple is that doesn't have to go out there and chew up that real estate every day and get the, make that money and pay the employees and account for the bottom line and everything, you take the rich person that's at home and doesn't have anything to do, then you'll say, how's your day going? And they'll go, oh my God, the florist was late. It was a disaster. And it's like, the florist? You have a florist. Right. You know? <laughs> so the florist was late. Was That's a disaster. Like, they're the people that are subject to the hyperbole. Those are the, that their dog walker didn't show up on time. And the guy who was supposed to break in your husband's Italian loafers got sick and it's all a disaster. Right. You know, and so if you take human beings, you remove responsibility, obligation, and real gravity from their life, they will then create their own problems to fill that in. Now, if you take, you know, but it's kind of like when I used to do Loveline, um, I used to, once in a while, I'd talk to a dominatrix and um, on the show, you know, not off, not off. <laughs> Those conversations are very personal and private, but 
<laughs> I always had this theory when they talk about, you know, how expensive it was. And the guy, you know, it's always like, he wanted me to come in. And then I put him in a diaper and he crawled around and I smacked him with his huggy bookie, you know. And I'd go, these are all rich white businessmen, right? And she'd go, yeah, every time. And I'm like, yeah, I said, do you ever have a poor Mexican guy in there? And like, no. And I'm like, you want to know why? Because that guy, that guy's life is getting his ass kicked. You know, I mean, that guy's got a foreman who's a douche and he's got to go to work all day and he's got to pay bills. And I, the rich white guy, he's in charge of the whole place. Mm -hmm. And so when he wants his outlet, he wants to be smacked in the ass with a bungee cord and be a, drink out of his bottle. So <laughs> people, people will go into their modes depending on what this, the stimuli is. And you give a person unlimited money and zero problems, and they're going to go on a hunt to find problems. Most of us are living our lives. I got, I got bills. So I, I work in a restaurant. If I'm not trying to run a restaurant, I'm not thinking about race. I'm really not. Right. I need to get good food to my customers and compete with the restaurant over there. Mm. Whatever that takes, I got to do. The last thing I'm thinking about is how racist we are. I, I don't have, most people just don't have the time. Mm -hmm. The people that are coming up with these narratives have the time to sit around and think about I it. Agree. They're not actually doing the work. They're not, they don't have, I'm sorry, but they don't have real jobs. One, one of the things I thought was great about this book, Skin in the Game, is he says, I wonder how many Hollywood celebrities and how many academics and how many economists, how many politicians preaching economic and social equality mm -hmm. actually have friends that work with their hands. How many people at your table, at your dinner table, do you invite who are landscapers and plumbers and carpenters? Just a question. Just a question. I do believe that as Americans, we are we are extremely uneducated. And, and the problem is, is that we're, very few countries, America might be the only country that you can get on a plane for six hours and still be in America. Mm. And unfortunately, so many people are not well-traveled. So one of the blessings of, of my early 20s is that I traveled to so many different countries. Right. And and traveling and seeing the way other people live really makes you love your country That's a such an excellent more. point. And listen, America, look, okay, whatever problems we may have, believe me, <laughs> way better off. And when it's the best country in the world, that is not just hyperbole. It really is the greatest place in the world. And when you travel, you really appreciate, you really appreciate it. it. And you really get it. Right. No matter what issues. Right. And, and they'll say, oh, well, you know, we're not the best in the world. And people are passing engineering tests at a higher rate in China or, or in India. And I'm like, do you want to live in India? <laughs> no. Okay, so maybe there's a different metric. Maybe there's a different way that we're measuring to determine what makes a country great. Everyone wants to come here. Mm -hmm. At the same time that you're calling us a racist, sexist, misogynist society, you're demanding that we open our borders and let everybody in. But what is it that we have that everybody wants to come in um, to receive, mm -hmm. right? And I don't think it's handouts. I think it's opportunity. And you're, I fight to protect those opportunities. You're exactly right. I mean, I'm an example of that, right? Coming here and, and um, um, being first generation, and I, I don't think I'd be able to do what I was uh, fortunately been able to do if, if um, it wasn't here. Right. And to, and to have these opportunities. When you were rattling off all those um, labels, uh, those words have gotten to the point where they almost mean nothing. They mean nothing. Now. They mean nothing. It's sad. And, you know, it's, it is. I was just going to say that. And it's kind of sad now because there's just so off the cuff and flippant right. when they're Disagree just, with me? Racist. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> Don't see it my way? Sexist. Right, exactly. And yeah. and, and it, it what it does is, and something that Dennis Prager always talks about, is it actually cheapens evil where now if you are a racist, you can get away with it because they're mm. calling everybody racist. Right. So when somebody says this guy's racist, it's like, well, they said Candace is a racist. I'm being called a white supremacist. I mean, this is really, this is really 
really where we've gotten that's in society. Funny. That's funny. Yeah. Where I read headlines that say that, yeah. you know, the first ever black white supremacist. And I'm just trying Isn't that to- a Dave Chappelle skit? <laughs> they call me that. They call Dave me Chappelle Clayton skit. Bigsby. Yeah, Clayton right? Bigsby. He was funny. I like Clayton Bigsby. <laughs> that skit could never fly today, by the way. Right, right, could right. Could never fly today. Cr- exactly. A lot of the comedy. Could never fly today. Go yeah. watch any of those things that we used to laugh at. If you even laughed at that skit, like we just laughed, they would have you labeled. They would say crazy? this isn't yeah. funny because everyone's so sensitive and they can't take a joke. And it's it's problematic because, being, like I said, being able to laugh at one another, that's what brings us together. And I remember being on The View and just being dumbfounded that these women didn't understand that they were mad about nothing. Mm. Yeah, it was. That's yeah. what they do. That's what The View is all about. Yeah. I saw today they were backing white nationalists. I don't know when this will air, but today they got an applause break for white nationalists. And I just flipped my coffee table just to be dramatic. And I was like, we're living in South Park. It has happened. This isn't real life. No, who were they defending? Um, some, I forget his name, but he's like a, a lead white nationalist because he talks some ish about Trump. And they were like, he's talking shit about Trump. He's oh, on our that's, side. That's a rule. Yeah, yeah. No matter what. It doesn't matter who says it. If it's against Trump, the left just like completely says it's okay and it's fine. As a Canadian, the show is hilarious. Dude. Not just yours. Politics of America. <laughs> wow. You guys are dramatic. It AF. is the <laughs> longest running. I don't know if it's a sitcom or if it's. Some days. It, 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 some days. Yeah, yeah. It's very days of our lives. Yeah. General Hospital. Almost a little Spanish soap opera. It is too. very soap opera y. Like, why is she yelling for no reason? Yeah. yeah. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Like I know. Yeah. I always say that I'm like, what is the perception outside of the walls of America on what's going on here? Because like you turn on the TV and it is just so theatrical. Like you there, I mean, uh-huh. you can't compete with our real life here. Like no. there's no point in making soap operas. There's no point in making Broadways because like we are living it every single day here. Yeah, America the musical. America. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> and then the award shows and like like the other day with Michelle Williams that we were talking about. I had an abortion, but now I have this piece of plastic. That was like, I was just, (laughs) I was wondering what planet we were on. So for people that are watching this, if you didn't watch the Golden Globes, I definitely didn't either. I just then went to go find clips because Ricky Gervais was just so amazing in roasting the room. But there is Michelle Williams, who is an actress who accepted um, an award for something. Um, And she goes up and she gets gets her little (laughs) statue for something. She gets her little statue and she gives this speech, um, which was pro-abortion. And she basically said, I would have never earned this inanimate object if I did not kill my baby and get an abortion years ago. And the room broke out into applause for this speech. And there were tears. There's women in the crowd crying and I'm just like, y'all are crazy. (laughs) You're crazy people. You... Like, the same people that are like, Tim Allen did cocaine in the 80s, who didn't, from what I know, and they hate him because of that, are like, kill the babies. Yeah, like, I, it, it was just weird. I was literally just like, this is this is the Twilight Zone. Like, oh, yeah. this, is, this is why people think Hollywood is just like an infestation at this point, because Liz. I was like, what a bizarre thing. Like, you murdered your child for an inanimate object, and we're supposed to be celebrating that. It's very strange. When I was in school, I learned what rape actually was. Like, this is before the tide of radical feminism. And it was like, here's, you can be date raped. And then you don't remember things and you're dragged. You're in an alley. And rape was a very serious word. Now it's like, I got drunk last night and I slept with someone and I kind of regret it. So I'm going to go to the police. And they're being taught that that's rape. And no, no, that's regret, sweetheart. Like, somebody needs to, that is, there's a difference between rape and regret. And at the... They do this show thing. They got a show going on, but what's behind it is the real story. So while they're doing that show, here's the fact 
the real rape victims, they're not even processing the rape kits. Like I know where I live in Hawaii, they had the backlog of rape kits on our whole island and people who, who are really raped and go to the police, they don't even do anything about it anymore. Interesting. It, there's a backlog of like two years worth of rape kits that haven't even been. I could believe it because it's not that real rape isn't trendy right now. Mm-mm. Real rape is not trendy. Like it, it's it's social media rape. Like oh, I remember this a guy like a guy touched my butt in middle school and I didn't give him consent. Like did you swing around and tell him not to touch your butt? Because that's what I did in middle school. My mm-hmm. first time my butt got slapped, I was in seventh grade. And the guy's name was Devin. And I turned around and I said, don't smack my ass. And I think he went on to become a great father. And I didn't need to ruin his life. I did not scar me for the rest of mine. And yeah. and that is what That's I mean. That's really true is that <laughs> women are like uh, being encouraged to be conniving. Conniving little wimps. Yeah. Instead of going... I told you no. Right. Now, do you want me to bring my brother over here tomorrow? Right. Because he's big. Right. Like, do it again. And that's how, I, it, that's that's, how I grew yeah. up. And, and, and that was okay. And it was fine. And you and, and kids are funny. And they go they go hormone phases. And everyone starts getting interesting. Everyone starts getting their bodies. Everybody lived and survived middle school, early high school. And everything was fine. And now they're making even that. If a man is attracted to a woman, it's, it's somehow becoming something that is, is dirty and disgusting. So there are some weird trends, and one of the weirder ones for me, at least, to try to process is this new trend where celebrities are coming out, and I know Charlize Theron did this a few a few weeks ago and saying that their child is picking their gender. And this is strange to me just because I, and they say, oh, I looked at my child, my child was swimming in a bathtub and looked up and said, mommy, I'm a boy. And that's weird to me because even though I'm not a parent, I nannied for uh, five years of my life. And the things that come out of children's mouth, like they are just, they say whatever in the moment. You don't know what they've seen on TV, what got in their head. And I've had children say they were mermaids. I've had children say (laughs) they could fly and jump off of a staircase. And thank God I caught him, right? Because he thought he could be Superman. And so I'm trying to understand this new Hollywood mentality where they just think that their children now uh, (laughs) have the mental authority and uh, and. And I am trying clarity. to understand it myself. And please don't lump me into that whole. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I see you're not doing that in your household. No, I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of blown away too. And um, look, I'm never one to tell anyone how to parent their kids, obviously. And I think if you come from Maybe a place. Maybe you should though, because you yeah. seem to be doing something <laughs> well, right. Well, thanks. You know, and I always say, if you come from a place of love, you, you know, you, you really can't go wrong. But at the same time, my God, if you're three years old and you're saying you're feeling a certain way, or you're, 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 you think you're a boy or a girl, whatever the case may be. I, I I just think it's dangerous as a parent to make that determination then, okay, well, then you're going to be a boy or a girl, whatever the case may be. And it's it's sort of alarming. And my gosh, I just think about the repercussions later on. Right. And, and uh, To me, I just see depression because I – when I was uh, in fifth grade, I don't know. It was this weird thing in fifth grade where me and my girlfriend, Molly, like we just – we were tomboys. Like, we just were like, we're tomboys now. So we'd wear like baggier pants. The cargo pants were in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I tried to make my voice a little bit deeper. <laughs> One year, went to middle school and everything was fine, you know. <laughs> it was just a phase. And I hadn't gone through puberty yet. Like, you can't make a decision about your sexuality when you're three years old. I was in well, fifth grade. Well, that's just it. I don't think you're – when you're a kid, I – you know, I, at least when I was a kid, I remember kids still think my daughter still – some boys have cooties and that's it. You know what right. I mean? They're so – I don't think they, they – they're – you don't know anything about sexuality yet. You're you're just a kid. Right. And so then it, making that determination so young, right. I just see – like, if my parents – when I – 
was like, I'm going to be a boy today, shaved mm. my head, mm. and we're like, that's, you've made the decision. No, I right. can't even imagine how depressed I'd be once I went through puberty, once I started liking guys, yeah. and then having made up my mind when I was in fifth grade. And I think that's that's a really scary trend that we're seeing coming out of Hollywood right now. And at the core of it, to me, seems like narcissism, like virtue signaling. Like you just want to say, I'm so tolerant and I'm so accepting that whatever my kid wants to do, they can do. Yeah. I, I think as parents need to allow their kids to be kids, but at the same time, you got to be the adult in the, right. <laughs> in the situation. Pause with that. And I think the formative years is when you start having those discussions and really start making these declarations. And um, it's, it's way too young for some of these other – I just personally think it's just way too young. To yeah, start making we're not these. psychologically there when we're three years old. The second the voters figure out they can vote themselves money, it's all over. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially – I'm going to offer you free health care and free college tuition. And it's like, well, I'm going to give free college tuition, health care, and I'll eliminate any debt. Oh, okay. Maybe that guy now. And it's like that the experiment is over. And the politicians ha have figured out that it, it's like you got two kids in the house and I'm running on a platform of scrambled eggs and oatmeal in the morning, and my wife's running on a platform of Reese's peanut butter cups, and nobody needs to go to school on Mondays, and they go, well, we're voting for, voting for her, mom. right? Yeah. And then I'm going, but that's unhealthy, and in the big picture, it's not gonna be good. You know, your dental hygiene is not gonna be good. There's early onset diabetes. You're not gonna be properly educated when you enter the workforce. And they're like, yeah, okay, we'll be enjoying our peanut butter cups right. over here. That, that's such a perfect analogy. And that's, that's what it is. And mm -hmm. the politicians have been like, well, let's just offer peanut butter cups. Mm -hmm. I'm, and that it literally reminds me of in elementary school when we had um, we we had to elect a president for our, our class or our grade, um, and there were two people running against each other, and one of them just ran, "You elect me." It was like a mock election of free. We're gonna have free lunch and blah blah blah, free this and free that, and they went and they got really glittery nice posters, and that person won. Like yeah. no one cared. I mean, about the economics of it. He said it was gonna be like we didn't actually get it. It was like a mock election, but the kid that won was the one that offered the most free stuff. So really, fundamentally, what you have on the left is people that have adopted um, an elementary, elementary fifth grade, um, you know, election style. You know, how am I gonna get elected in a group full of people that don't that can't help themselves? A, um, don't want to help themselves. B, but love free stuff. Yeah, and that, that it's, tends it's, to be the majority. It's a steady diet of free stuff mixed in with your victim, and I'm going to fix that. Right, so. and and victims easy by the way, and and you always wonder why do people love all of these different categories of how to be a victim because victimhood's easy, life's tough, right? Saying hey, you know what, life t life's really tough, and it's tough for everybody. It's not it's not an easy thing to to be a good human being, to be a productive human being every single day, day in and day out. Um, so it's much easier to offset all of your problems and to say you know what, it's not my fault. If I fail here, forget getting back up, right? Forget getting back up and trying. I'm going to say I failed because of this. That's an easy pass, right? To say I'm actually yeah, I know I haven't done anything in my life, but it's because of the the white person, the tall person, the rich person, the whatever person. Hold on, that's all me. <laughs> Wait, did you did she say ruggedly handsome or did I just hear that? You just heard ruggedly handsome. Tall, white, rich, rich matinee idol, good looks. <laughs> I, we'll check the tape. Wait, was that a microaggression? That's your problem. 
because you're tall and wealthy and white and heterosexual. Like, that's like the last thing I want to be inside. If I could pick, I'm so happy I'm black and a woman. I'm like, gosh, it's not a good time to be be a heterosexual white male in society right now. It's for you guys are catching all the heat. I don't get the media. I, I honestly don't because they're all wealthy. And if the country goes socialism, their money's gone. Gone. It's really interesting. They're well, almost advocating for things that are going to bring harm upon themselves. Yeah, and I think I don't. They I don't think they think it's going to affect them. And the other side of that is, um, this. Listen, I am I am so much more liberal than liberals are in 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 a lot of ways. I don't care. I don't put people in boxes. You're not black. You're not Asian. You're not gay. You're not this. You're you're an American. Right, and I, I don't want to put you in a box. If if you're if you're a, um, an Asian guy and you're right for the job, great. If you're not right for the job, sorry, can't help you. But they put people in a box and they want to control those people. I don't want to control anybody. Right, and that to me is everything. But the media, we have friends we had dinner with the other night. They're Egyptian. They're wonderful people, they're Christians. And this guy was going on about what he grew up with in Egypt. And a very small population, percentage of the population there is Christian. And what they went through. And it was, you know, it was weird to hear what he was telling me about how they were they were afraid and they were shunned. And um, they wouldn't fight so much, but, but he went through a tough time. And he came here and he went, oh my God. How could you, why would you want to turn this place into any place that anybody else comes from? Thank you guys for watching the latest episode of The Candace Owens Show. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. As many of you guys already know, PragerU is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, which means we need your help to keep all of our content free to the public. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation today. I would really appreciate your support.